Episode 467, what it takes to become the world's toughest lifelong learner. Where former UFC fighter Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman on his second time on the podcast. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by Fisher Wallace. Do you feel like you could use help treating anxiety, depression, or insomnia? If so, you are definitely not alone. Fisher Wallace makes an amazing wearable medical device that stimulates the brain to relieve symptoms. It's cleared by the FDA, and you only need to wear it for 20 minutes once or twice a day. Go to fisherwallace.com to learn more, or simply Google Fisher Wallace. That's F-I-S-H-E-R-W-A-L-L-A-C-E. FisherWallace.com. Get to the podcast. Hey guys, just want to do a little extra introduction and update this episode because this was recorded actually early 2020, just before the pandemic completely kicked off. I really enjoyed listening back to this. Charlie is such a good bloke. So in this episode, we touch very briefly recapping his journey from small town Spanish teacher to UFC fighter, but I won't go into that too much because you've got the original interview that I link in the show notes. We really dig into his latest pursuit and his latest book of becoming the world's toughest lifelong learner. Because we've done an interview before, this one we've really got free license to roam and really get into some interesting subjects. We talk about the daily reps that are needed, Native Americans, astrophysics, psychedelics, when you should ask yourself, is the juice really worth the squeeze? About creating legacy, about how you can create legacy for your kids. Charlie's approach to fear and boldness earning the right to trust your gut. We've got a great reading list and Charlie's recommendations for books. Anyway, enough of the extra intro. I'm really excited to share this with you. Been too long coming, but it's fresh as the day it was recorded. Let's jump into this. Over to me and then Charlie. All right, this one's going to give you a kick up the arse this week. We have the world's toughest lifelong learner, ex-UFC fighter, Charlie the Spaniard Brenham, ex-Spanish teacher, Featured in my book, Awaken Your Alpha. Real nice guy, legend. He's got a podcast as well. He's, wow, there's so much we can talk about. Please do listen to the original interview. Again, very rare club of the returning guests. I know this, the answer to this, but Charlie, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Again. One million percent, man. Let's get after it. Awesome. So uh, for those who haven't listened to the first one yet, where are you speaking to us from today? And is there anything you'd like to add to that? I live right outside the sweetest place on earth, uh, Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania, right outside of Hershey. Originally born a little bit west in Pennsylvania, but you know, my, my wife actually busts on my accent. She says I'm from out west. Really, it's two hours west of where I live now, but she grew up in the Hershey area. And, uh, you know, PA is kind of a, an eastern and a western side of the state, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. But I grew up more on the Pittsburgh side, more so to the Philadelphia side now. But no, man, I, I think you, you hit it pretty well. Born in a small town, became a Spanish teacher, eventually a UFC fighter. And uh, what we're going to talk about now is life after that. Awesome. And as, you've got to listen to the first interview if you listen to this, where we go into, you know, literally the Rocky moment and, you know, a true underdog story and just really get into the, the peak of a sport. And uh, yeah, all of that. So talk to us about the world's toughest lifelong learner. And I suppose as well, 
what have you been up to in the last probably like two two three years since i last spoke to you intensely like this <laughs> yeah man and i seeing your background there and that put me right back to my house where i was sitting when we talked and it, it so much has transpired since then and it's still a it's still a, a figure it out as you go but i think one of the most I don't know, things that I have to pinch myself and realize is you don't really know how far you've progressed or what you do know because you're pursuing that next thing. So there's that balance. But, you know, since we last talked, I wrote a new book. My speaking career has developed. It's still developing. My, my message is, is, as the book title, Becoming the World's Toughest Lifelong Learner says, is, is about lifelong learning. It's, it's almost if you were a nutritionist or a fitness expert and you pr promoted nutrition and fitness and training i promote books and learning uh, for me personally it's it's a ginormous part of my life always has been and post fighting i, I just really fell into the the idea of all right i want to i want to keep being around the best in the world i'm no longer fighting what can i do to do that and then it was like oh 10 bucks for a book and that lasts me a couple weeks so that's kind of how it segued into you know the idea of world's toughest lifelong learner I was going to say, were there any other working titles or was it always you came up with a book title or, you know? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. So uh, a mentor of mine, and I talk about this in the book, a mentor of mine is Mark Merrow. And Mark Merrow used to be a WWE, uh, I don't know if it was F or E back then, but he, he was a superstar, Intercontinental Champ. Johnny B. Bad was one of his, was one of his ring names. Marvelous Mark Merrow. And he's really kind of tutored me and become a really close friend post, you know, fighting. Yeah. And his nickname is America's number one school presenter. And, ah. you know, that, that's, that's kind of his slogan for speaking because he also does youth speaking. Yeah. And so I was thinking on that and I said to my partner, I was like, what if I'm like uh, America's toughest something or other? And he was like, ah, oh, lifelong learner. And then he was like, why America? And I was like, yeah, the world, <laughs> world's toughest lifelong learner. So that's, that's how the, uh, the idea started. And it, it has, in meaning, it has evolved. But yeah, no, that was not the first title of the book. It, the, the, that was just a thing that we had and we were building on. And then probably the second or third iteration of the book became Becoming the World's Toughest Lifelong Learner. And the becoming is also important there because I completely open the book and show you this is so everything you're doing, everything, another podcast or another speaker, but also anyone who, who pursues anything that's what this book is it's an open book into hey this is what you're going to encounter when you pursue something oh i like that yeah i've been looking at so obviously the contents and sort of like you've really told us like how you figured out what to speak about and and why you're documenting your career as you built it and your podcast is is it it's daily isn't it pretty much yeah so i produce seven seven episodes a week and Again, it's if I'm going to be the world's toughest lifelong learner, then I've got to be that thing. And that, that encompasses training and that encompasses reading and learning. And so I produce a daily episode. It's eight minutes, but it's, uh, it's not a synopsis. It's not a highlight. It's just thought exploration of the things I learned that day from, from the book. So, you know, it could be a quote, could be a concept, could be an idea. I think it falls into self-improvement, you know, self-betterment. Yep. But to me, I just, I love learning. Like I just finished a book called Empire of the Summer Moon about Native Americans. I just love it, man. And I think we're better people if we read books. Definitely. You, when did your book come out as well? This most latest book? Uh, December, I believe it was. December. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to talk on, uh, you know, deep drives, three topics that changed how you think um, and around that concept. Yeah. So 
we were talking earlier, you know, you, you, with what we do with the podcast, you, you consume in your book, Awaken Your Alpha, it, it like, there's so much that we retain, so much I want to put in that book. It just becomes unmanned. You just can't, right? So formulating this book, you know, we have some great, awesome references, snippets, wisdom from the books that I read, the, the guests that I've had on the show. But there were three topics that stuck out that, that it was like, huh, they don't really fit anywhere. I don't know what to do with them. Mm. And then at the end, that deep dive section, it's like, well, I, I write like kind of mini essays all the time on social media. And I was talking to my partner who helped design and format this. And he was like, your last book had an extras section. So why don't we just have an extras section? And so the, the topics are Native Americans. Because these, these topics are things that I learned about that really left an impact on me, that, that really opened yeah. my eyes up to, to reality, to history, to different things. Native Americans, astrophysics, and uh, psychedelics. And, uh-huh. and I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I've grown up clean and yeah. drug-free, and it's always been an important part of my life. And then I started meeting and talking to people I respected and people I really admired who would talk about their psychedelic journeys and ayahuasca and, and, and mushrooms and all this stuff. And I, I, it shook me to a point where I thought, wait a minute, you're a really good person. I like you a lot. So I need to start rethinking how I think about mm. these things. So it just, just really opened me up. And a lot of it's uncomfortable. Astrophysics clashes with my, you know, Christian background. Yeah. So it's just, you know, those were three things that I learned about and thought, whoa, and I would imagine other people learn things and they're like, oh man, I don't know what, I don't know what to think now. So I just put it out there. Awesome. Can you, I mean, we talked about the ups and downs just before the interview as well. I mean, in, in speaking and your podcast and I like the way it feels like that the podcast for you as well is almost a, a level of accountability, you know, because mm-hmm. you're the world's toughest lifelong yeah. learner. So it's, you've got to keep it up as well and document the journey. But a time when it's, you didn't feel like hitting the, the record on the mic and you thought, oh my God, I just, you know, a real challenge in the last three years, because obviously we, we've spoke before, but I mean, and more in this, you know, this, this second life. Yeah. So, you know, I feel that way much more going to the gym because I don't love working out, but I love how I feel after I work out. So mm. I hit that every freaking day with working out <laughs> in terms of the podcast. So I moved, so I used to live stream every day, 6 30 AM live stream for like 500 days or something like that. Wow. And I did it to grow an audience, but it hit a point where the audience wasn't growing, Yeah, you know, and, and I was still, I felt accountable to the people who were there, but eventually I had to make a decision and say, okay, being here at six 30, no matter what, no matter what, no matter where I am, it's, it's a, it's a, an investment on my life. It impacts my life, my wife, my kids, my home. Right. And I had to decide eventually that the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. So I stopped, mm. I stopped live streaming. But I, I still produce the daily episode. But for a while there, you know, before I got to that point, I had moved and, and we weren't into our new house. So we were living in a, in a small farmhouse apartment. I would record from my car. Like my car was my studio. And it was like. They're actually those, quite good studios, aren't it? <laughs> yeah. But those mornings, man, it was like, what am I doing? Like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> I've had plenty of, plenty of times like, what am I doing? Yeah. So, but, but those, listening? Yeah, yeah. It was memorable. That that was memorable, and you know, in the next book or the next, actually, I think about write about it in this book. But you know, th- those are times that you just do it and you get through it. One of the things that I liked about getting out of fighting was you don't have that elephant in the room like someone's trying to fight me. But it's like, 
now I have that other elephant in the room, booking that next thing and doing that next thing. And it's almost like, oh, I'd rather just fight someone. You know, it's a lot more direct that way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a constant, a constant flux of, of high and low and trying to stay in between. Yeah. I completely agree. From when I used to pole vault, yeah, I like having, you know, you know, a season and like a big competition at the yep. end of it. And you just kind of focus on that other stuff's going on, but that's, you work towards the nice kind of, in some ways a simple goal. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm in the process of starting my neck, my second book. Um, so if you say anything awesome, you might squeeze into the second one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll do my best. <laughs> no pressure. That's fine. Um, and obviously your, your first book driven, what, what drove you to write this book? And is there another book? And I, more from the entrepreneur side and the you know, podcast side, what major changes, if any, or did you find different from writing this second book? Obviously, because, you, you know, you've learned a lot and you're a lifelong learner from the first one. Yeah. So the first one is just straight autobiography, you know, yeah. memoir. And, and that was written with the purpose of sharing my story to my community, you know, from where I come. And, you know, the, the, the better if more people read it. Right. So this book, I think what, what compelled me to write it or made me want to write it is part of my driver. The primary driver in all of this is creating a path for my kids, you know, whether they wrestle, do sports, whatever. What I want is for them to be curious people. And so I, I'm creating like an audio log for them to listen to of me when I'm dead and gone. It's like, this is, this is your dad. This is what I thought. This is what I think is important to share with you. And uh, I also, part of that plan is to write a series of books throughout my life as it evolves and develops. And it's not like uh, everyone should care what I have to say, but more so, hey, if you do care about what I have to say, I'm going to create these things for you to, you know, pick up along the way. And, and you know, m my kids will always have their dad, you know, a book. Same with you. Like you wrote a book. It's there forever. So, you know, those, those two drivers are what kind of drove me to do it. And this book is, is very, it is a memoir like the first one. But it's also a principle-based book, a lesson-based book, and a how-to. You know, like how, how do you pursue something? Where do you start? The, the, you don't know the, you know the technical aspects of podcasting I include in there, the, the relationships, the, 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 all of the things you're going to encounter. Because whether it's a podcast or whether it's a speaking career or whether it's a sport, pursuit shares some commonalities across the board. And it's, it's very comforting and encouraging to read about someone being open about it to think like, Hey, I'm not alone. hundred percent. I mean, I really relate to what you're saying and about the, the challenges and the up and down. And I do get people contacting me and assuming and just sort of blanket statements about success and how well it's going for me. And I'm like, what, what? And I feel like, man, I need to be putting more stuff out. Cause I'm like, that is yeah. not the vibe I'm trying to put out. <laughs> I don't know I'm trying yeah. to put the reality and mm -hmm. you know that it is um, something you said in our first interview and it made it into the book, earn the right to trust your gut. Yep. Don't just trust your gut, you know, because it may be a new field like speaking or podcasting or whatever it is. Well, you, your gut maybe is off or you, you haven't earned yeah. the right and you might not have a clue and make, make the wrong decisions. I want to talk to you about boldness and uh, belief in, in, in terms of how fear plays into that as well. Because again, going way back to our first interview as well, UFC fighters and, and and when they do get knocked out, and I know people can listen to our original interview, you know, getting knocked out when you're obviously fighting well and your confidence is high, you're probably not thinking about that. But when, you know, as inevitably happens to every fighter, you do get knocked out. I know that plays in your, in your mind and can affect you. And 
So as you're going forward, what is your approach to these things you maybe fear and your belief concepts around that? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways I could go with that, but I'm absolutely afraid nearly all the time about everything, right? Uh, I think, you know, just before we talked here, I was calling, you know, cold calling schools to speak in schools. And I get, I literally shake because I'm nervous. I just get very nervous and uncomfortable. I was like, ah, oh, you got to do it. So <laughs> in, in terms of the, the fear and everything, one of the things that I think is most important for everyone to hear in its success principle, number one in Jack Canfield's book, Success Principle, is take 100% responsibility for your life, period. That's it. So if you're afraid and you want to believe, or if your fear is inhibiting, first and foremost, you've got to say, this is on me. Somehow, some way, it is on me, right? So once you have that firm belief and that acceptance of it's on me, for me, a lot of the stuff is action. You know, rather than letting the emotion dictate your action, the action can dictate your emotion. So if I want to be a professional fighter and I'm afraid of being a professional fighter, well, I can set that fear on the shelf and then I can go to the gym completely void of emotion in a safe space, safe place, safe, whatever, knowing they're not going to try to kill me. And then I can learn to fight repetition, repetition, repetition. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared to fight. Wait a minute. I know how to fight. I've been training for the last two years. I, I'm, I'm a fighter now. Whoa, I'm a fighter now. And, and it's just like you, you, that emotion with that action kind of jockeys for position and I mean, I, I, I know that I've never gotten rid of fear, but I know that my actions, you know, earn the right to trust your God. Well, you, you got to earn the right to, to that your actions match the way you want to feel. And that's, that's how I end it. Um, I ask these questions every episode and I'm just going to cherry pick a few and see if it's changed in the last few years. But what is an impactful book that you've read in the last couple of years or one that springs to mind of recent or just a, like a, before actually that was decent worth mentioning? Yeah, man, there's so many. So I want to say this on my website, charliespanier.com. I have a hundred books that I would love to say right now. I do think for me personally, reading about Native Americans has been huge. It's been a, 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 just a very big part of my life. I, I appreciate the connectedness and the spirituality aspect of it, but also our country's history, right? The United States history. I think it's really important for us as citizens to learn about that. And one of the books, though, aside from that, that I always point out is Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog, uh, creator of Nike. And I don't think I would have mentioned that on the last show because I don't think I'd read it yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, that book, nearly every one of us owns a Nike something. And if you, you know, as a person, you're, you're, you feel down and out and punched and knocked out and can't, blah, blah, blah. When you read that book, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is the Rolls Royce of sports apparel. And it used to not be, and it was so hard for him to get it, them to get it where it is today. So I think that book is a great book of perspective of something that is in nearly every one of our lives. Even, you know, the oldest 90 year old grandma knows what Nike is, you know? So that's a, a really great book as well. Awesome. And do you ever have guests on your show? Because I know it's a personally documented show, and that's the base of it. As we speak, do you ever have guests on your show? Yeah, so I do a weekly interview as well. So from that weekly interview, who would you recommend would be one of your top interviews and potentially a great guest for Awaken Your Alpha? Yeah, so I'll give you a couple special ones that just are so unique to me, and then I'll I'll give you another one that would will be specifically I think great for you. For some reason, the, the, 
the original CEO of Ben and Jerry's, right? So Ben and Jerry's ice cream, CEO, yeah. the original one with the two of them, a guy named Chico Lager. I read the book, The Inside Scoop, which is their story. I reached out to him, had to mail him a letter. I wrote a letter and mailed him a letter because I couldn't find any other contact. <laughs> and he, I left my number. He responded, called back. I developed a relationship, had him on my show. That was a great experience. Another really fun one that sticks in my mind is Scott Adams, who's the creator of the Dilbert cartoon. Oh, and okay. <laughs> he now is like a political kind of a commentator. Yeah. It really transitioned where he went. But anyway, I just thought he was awesome. And I reached out and I talked to this guy and it was like, whoa, this guy is awesome. And then, uh, man, one for your show that I think would be tremendous. Is, his name is Keith Jardine, the Dean of Mean Keith Jardine. And he was a UFC fighter. He's currently acting. It's one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Just a humble, quiet dude who, man, just, just an incredible human being. And it shares, we were talking about fears and stuff. He and I on my show, the Spanish show, I'm not sure what episode it is, but it's within the last two months. Yeah. He, he, uh, we are swapping stories of like fear. And he was like, man, sometimes I'd be back there about ready to go out. And I think I wish this whole building would just fall over right now. So it's like, <laughs> it's a, it's a good inside look at, overcoming that fear definitely well yeah if you could connect us in any way shape or inform and or let me the best way to approach him that would be brilliant sure. i'd love to, love to have him on um i want to talk to you it's towards the end of your book as well figuring out your identity and i know i know as a you know being known as the spaniard and you know that career and being so well known for something and and even for any athlete or sportsman even if they're not well known transitioning and, and or losing their identity is a big thing talk to us about that and why you think it's so important and you know times when it's gone well and not so well yeah so uh, the kind of two parts of that identity in general i'm a you know i was a wrestler and then wrestling ended and then i was lost and then i was a fighter and then fighting ended and i wasn't necessarily lost but i need to figure out a new thing mm -hmm. so at the very base of identity, I think it's more accurate to think of instead of I'm a wrestler, I'm a fighter. I think it's more helpful or accurate to think of yourself as I'm a person who appreciates loyalty. I'm a person who loves to train. I'm a person who loves to read books. That way you can take those traits and characteristics and push them in a variety of directions rather than I'm a wrestler. Oh, wrestling's ended. I've got nothing. No, I'm a, I'm a person who likes discipline, commitment, hard work, grappling, et cetera. Okay. What can I do with those traits? So I think as a person looking at identity as a collection of your traits, as opposed to a label is really helpful. And for me in, in the book specifically, what I'm talking about there. So I was the Spaniard. I'm the world's toughest lifelong learner. I'm a speaker, author, podcaster, but I haven't fully clearly. It's like, I look at the world as a, as an open book and, and I just want to consume it and then share with it. And one of the things that, that I oddly connect with are comedians and musicians, you know, when they perform, they perform, they evoke emotion out of people and they make people want, they, they make people feel something. So one of the analogies that, that I think in my head, I think I said it in the book is I'm like a comedian who tells learning instead of jokes, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's a thing that I love. Like a comedian gets up on stage and makes you laugh because they say funny things well, I kind of want to get up on a stage and make you feel something, laugh, cry, smile, whatever, think, because I'm telling you what I learned. And that doesn't really have a home, right? Like it's not really, it's not a, a sector of performance, you know? So 
it's been difficult to to fully kind of crystallize that and and promote that but that's really what i'm referring to in that section of identity yeah i love it because when you talk about all your experiences that got you to this point and it's the same for everyone it's so unique and if people just embrace you know their journey and all the aspects that make them up and like you say not try and just label it with the generic label yeah you know that's where i think that's where the gold is is there anything else you'd like to leave our guests with? I, I have no doubt in some point in the future, there'll be a, another reason, an excuse for you to come yeah. on and be our first ever three-time three-peat champion. Um, but is there anything you'd like to leave our guests with today? And especially, you know, around the concept, like trait of becoming, maybe they won't be the world's toughest because that's already taken over a very no, tough but, lifelong learner. Or yeah, no, yeah. it's funny, man, because in the book that, or maybe on the back, somewhere in the yeah. book, you know, it's like, no, I, that's an idea that I want you, yeah. everyone to, to take, to, to, to assume, to become. But no, I, I, my biggest wish is for you to want, not my biggest wish, but I want you to want to read a book, period. Because I think once you take it for what it is, it'll open your eyes and open your life up to, more possibilities but also simple enjoyment like it's just simply a good time and it's uh you know one of my most favorable habits but yeah my everything i do is at charliespaniard.com my my show is the spaniard show on itunes i'm producing content all the time i have a sweet i actually partnered with spartan spartan race to create a spartan spaniard shirt and uh you know that's all I mean snag that stuff by way of my website awesome and you can also see a review of charlie's podcast in the new podcast magazine which yeah, i'm very happy to that? share so go check that out so you, you've got to get some learning from this episode definitely and please do reach out to even me or charlie and let us know you enjoyed it or what you enjoyed and uh, if you want him back third time we'll we make it happen so thank you so much for your time today charlie it's been a pleasure thank you buddy the awaken your alpha podcast this episode is sponsored by fisher wallace do you feel like you could use help treating anxiety, depression, or insomnia? If so, you are definitely not alone. Fisher Wallace makes an amazing wearable medical device that stimulates the brain to relieve symptoms. It's cleared by the FDA, and you only need to wear it for 20 minutes once or twice a day. Go to fisherwallace.com to learn more, or simply Google Fisher Wallace. That's F-I-S-H-E-R-W-A-L-L-A-C-E fisherwallace.com all right have a great week do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back <laughs>